Rafer? Yes, Kristen. Happy Father's Day. Oh, thank you. you. Happy Father's Day to you. Oh, well, thank you. I don't. I, I'm. I'm not a father, unlike uh, you. Yeah. Yeah. You are a father, and I meant to point out last week when we uh, were discussing the internship that the two main characters have the same names as your sons, which I thought was fantastic. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, that's Billy. Oh, you're right. Nick. Is it Nick Campbell <laughs> Nicholas and, and William? That's right. <laughs> Gee, I forgot about that. Nicholas and William. Right. Billy and Nick. Yeah. Gosh. But. Uh, that's not that's not what I want to talk about right now. What I want to talk about are our favorite movie fathers for just a moment. Okay. In honor of you, in honor of Father's Day. Do you have a favorite? Uh, you know, I'll give you one of my favorites of recent in in, in recent movies, um, and that is uh, Matthias. I'm hoping I'm pronouncing his name correctly. Matthias Schoenartz, who is, stars in Rust and Bone with um, Marion Cotillard. Um, he plays a, a essentially a street fighter, bare knuckle street fighter, who has a little boy. Um, I think the little boy is maybe five years old. We can't play a clip; it's in a foreign language. It won't make any sense to you, to most of you. Um, but um, he's really good. He's not a great dad. Um, he does hit his child. <laughs> this um, is your favorite dad. But, <laughs> <laughs> but there is a closing scene in the film. Um, that is is a, a pivotal uh, character defining moment in the in the last moments of the film. Um, that 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 is it's just heartbreaking. And anyone anyone who's a dad will uh, will respond with with all all manner of emotions during that film. If you haven't seen the, if you haven't seen the movie, what's the name one more time? Rust and Bone. Oh. Rust and Bone got rave reviews. Rave reviews. I remember that was, remember that was hugely popular yeah, um, yeah. with the critics at one point. Yes, but I, yes. I missed that one. Great, great movie. I would highly recommend that. Um, how about you, Kristen? All right, if we're going to go for recent movies, we're not going to go back more than five years or so. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say the dad in Juno. Did you ever see Juno? Yes, I'm trying to remember. I loved Juno so much. Oh, was that uh, was that uh, J.K. Simmons? It was J.K. Simmons. His character's name was Mac McGuff, I think. Yes. And, um, you might recall that in that movie, little teenage Juno played by Ellen Page, she finds herself unexpectedly pregnant. And it's the way her dad, J.K. Simmons, he's just, he's gruff but loving. Yep. He is straightforward but still has emotion underneath it all. And yep. In the very end, when when that moment of truth comes, when the baby's born, the talk that he gives to her just makes me cry. Just thinking about it, I'm getting a little All bit right. emotional. It's so good. He's the ultimate dad in in recent years. I just love him. Oh, good one. I'll, you know, I'd, I'd kind of forgotten about that character, but I'll have to go back and uh, and check him out. Yeah, he's a great dad. But you know, I'm asking this not only because of Father's Day, but because we have kind of a father themed movie out this week. A big, big, big release this week. We sure do. Man of Steel, the Superman reboot. Um, lot lot of father figure action going on in that in that in that movie franchise and back to the comics, you know, 75 years ago. That's always been a big theme, dads. Yes, dads. And this movie could also be called, I think in another world, My Two Dads. But it might confuse people <laughs> with the current politics and gay marriage and so on. It might confuse people. But let's talk about that as well as some other movies after we introduce ourselves. I'm Kristen Meinzer, producer for The Takeaway. And I'm Rafer Guzman, movie critic for Newsday, and this is Movie Day. Who's your 
Well, Rafer, we got a lot of interesting stuff this week, and none, yeah. of, none of these movies have anything in common. No, they really don't, can, do and, they? Unless you can think of something. I have not, I, yeah. The only thing I can think of is two out of three have Emma Watson in them. Wait, is that right? Oh, that's right. That's the only thing <laughs> hey. I can think of in common. Like, All right. That, that's it. That's but, not bad. Yeah, but two out of three ain't bad, but it's not three out of three. <laughs> it's, not, it's not what you'd call a trend. No. Um, all right. Well, <laughs> Let's start with the bling ring. Awesome. That's amazing. Oh, so my God. God. Yeah. Oh. oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus. Oh. I like the feel of this. So obviously that's just squealing girls. Yep. <laughs> girls squealing. Girls behaving badly. Breaking into Paris Hilton's closet, taking her stuff. Do you, do you want to talk about this, Rafer? Yeah. Well, this is uh, the latest from Sofia Coppola of Lost in Translation and uh, Marie Antoinette and Somewhere. Um, this is based on the true story of a group of L.A. teenagers, most of them fairly well off L.A. teenagers, who... Uh, pulled off a astoundingly successful string of robberies of celebrity homes. Um, stole about, I think the figure was somewhere in the three million dollar range in cash and cash and goods, uh, mostly uh, mostly heels and and uh, uh, runway couture, uh, and the occasional Rolex. So they knock off uh, Orlando Bloom's place, Paris Hilton's place, uh, uh, Audrina Patridge, who I've never heard of in my entire life. I had to look her up. Um, Rachel Bilson, who I was at least passively familiar with. But they knock off all, you know, all these homes repeatedly. And um, eventually, of course, I'm not spoiling anything, they are caught. But the movie is based on a Vanity Fair article called uh, The Suspects Wore Louboutin. Am I pronouncing that right? You know, I I, I should know this, but I don't. Yeah, but I, I don't will like... say that article's fantastic. Yeah, great I, article. I loved it. When it came out, I just I remember I sat down and read the whole thing in one sitting. Loved it. Yeah, it was it was a, it was an interesting article. The the names have been changed, characters have been tinkered with a little bit. This is a fictionalized version. Um you know, I think it, this comes on the heel of Spring Breakers, another movie about a group of mostly girls. There is one guy in this um, in this uh, gang, but a group of mostly girls who seem to be their their moral compass has been thrown slightly by American culture. Uh, you know, uh, 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 they're obsessed with fame and wealth and cash and uh, fashion, uh, celebrity, ma- material goods, and this whole kind of. Uh, celebrity lavish lifestyle that's been held up in the media for the past, well, I don't know, I guess you could say the past century, but <laughs> but specifically... Specifically in the post-reality show world. Yeah, I in, think in the that, TMZ age. Yes. Exactly. Um, and so I think this was supposed to be a look at, you know, what 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 is driving these teenagers to do this. What did you think of it, Kristen? What did you think? Or am I wrong? Do you think that was not the aim of the film? I think that you're correct. I think that was the aim of the film. And I think that what it really did, I think something that Sofia Coppola does well is capture a mood or a moment. And what she does in this movie is she really captures that sense of wanting to be famous, that sense of this is what celebrity is. This is why it's intoxicating. This is how it feels when, you know, when people know who you are. And I think yeah. that she really captures that in the movie. And you cap- and you can really see the kids trying to make that happen for themselves. You see it, a certain generation of people who take up to 20 photos of themselves a day <laughs> right. or more. In some cases, many, many, many more than 20 pictures of themselves a day. Not even holding, of them friends. Hold, holding their stolen goods, <laughs> yes, by the way. Hold, yeah, just... <laughs> 
I got to take some more pictures of myself right. and posting them um, immediately. And that immediate feedback that you get as soon as you post something, oh, we already have this many people who saw it. We have this many likes. And yeah. um, that kind of blurring of what your life is versus what your, uh, uh, I don't know what you'd call it, your your public versus your private life and the melding of that and mm-hmm. how much is real and how much is not real. And so I think that she captures some of that. But my big problem with the movie is that it's very slow and boring. Yeah, it and is a little – it's a lot of montage. It's, it's a, a lot of montage and I feel that the montages don't actually push the plot along. I don't feel that one moment leads to the next moment needs no. to, leads to the next moment. You could have taken any of those breaking in montages and put them at any other point in the movie and it would have been the same movie. And I really – wanted there to be this feeling of I'm walking up one step, then the next step, then the next step, then I'm falling off the cliff. But I kind of felt like I was on flat ground the whole time. Yeah. I, there, there is there The best scenes, I think, are the scenes that take place in Paris Hilton's actual house. Paris Hilton appears in the film in a, in a small cameo, and her house has a starring role. She let the filmmakers come in and shoot in her, in her actual uh, pad. And it's it's that those scenes are kind of fascinating because you do get to just rifle through her stuff and see this what I would say in my elitist way is a ghastly job of interior decorating. <laughs> uh, but it's also just this riot of bad taste that really reminded me of the Queen of Versailles, uh, that documentary. You know, oh, just yes. it's just jammed full of just crap. And um, money but, can't buy you class. It certainly can't. Um, uh, but it can buy you enormous throw pillows with your face on them, <laughs> which was fascinating to see. Um, I can't imagine anything worse than a throw pillow with my own face. Oh, I can. Giant 10-foot posters with your face yeah. that are on the wall also. <laughs> and also a bunch of dresses with your face on Right. Them, all of them hanging in your closet. That Yeah. Right. There's and a, a lot a, of... And a stripper pole in your living room and a disco ball in your fireplace. Um, that is all kind of interesting. And, and indirectly, it, it says a little something about what's going on in American culture and how weird it's become. But I, I agree. There's a lot of... There, there are a lot of montages of People chopping up coke and dancing in a nightclub, run by Gavin Rossdale of Bush, by the way, <laughs> hilariously. Um, and uh, I, I, I'm sorry, just not the best actor. No, not this. He's, Ma- maybe he's going to be better the next go around. This but... is more like, actually like his fourth or fifth feature film. Um, oh, really? So he's had a little practice. He wasn't oh. bad, but you know, he he, fit, he fits the role. But I I. It, the movie, I think, ultimately winds up being a lot of finger wagging and a lot of tisk tisking, and look at these teenagers going overboard. And I don't feel like there's any real attempt to help us understand them and understand why they've done this. And so, ultimately, I I actually did not care for the movie much at all. I I really I I, I disliked it. I would say it was not a good date. I have to agree with you. Not a good date. But um, I mean, I'm, I'm not a Sofia Coppola hater. I want to make clear. Nor am I. Really, I really, really loved. Uh, Marie Antoinette. Yeah, I'm one of the only people in America who loved Marie Antoinette. Yeah. I liked I liked Marie Antoinette I loved that and Virgin Suicides. Yes, so. yes, and Lost in Translation, of course. Um, mm. Oh, oh, oh. Ah. contrarian, Kristen. Contrarian. Ah. Well, all right. Okay. So we're we're so so on Sofia Coppola, yeah. even though we do like her. So love her, but didn't love this movie. All right, let, let's talk about another movie. You know, I was so excited for. I've been, yes, I've been just. Chomping at the bit for this movie all summer. I've been so looking forward to it. This is the end. In your travels, uh, did you see anything that you would describe as apocalyptic? I mean, no, but Uh, uh, I would say it's completely obvious what's what's going on here. 
I mean, it's a it's a zombie invasion. All right. Those are real stars playing real stars. Another movie about celebrity culture, I suppose you could say. It's uh, right. Seth Rogen. Let's let's name them off. Seth Rogen, Danny McBride, James Franco. Craig Robinson. Emma Watson's also in Emma this Watson's one. Emma Watson's also in this Michael one. Michael Sarah's also in this Michael one. Sarah, we have Rihanna in this one. We Jonah have, Hill. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and whom am I forgetting? Somebody? Jay, uh, Jay Baruchel. Um, mm, yes. Right. Who's pretty much the star. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, he's sort of the straight man in mm-hmm. a way, but he is the star. It's, it's basically Jay and, and – it's, well, it's based on the short film, Jay, Jay and Seth versus the Apocalypse. And they play a couple of friends. They're in Hollywood uh, – Seth Rogen plays the successful Seth Rogen. Jay Baruchel plays the less successful Jay Baruchel, uh, who doesn't like L.A., but he's here to see his friend. And then, of course, the apocalypse happens while they're all hanging out at Franco's house at a big party. Literally, all hell breaks loose. Literally. That's (laughs) right. Yes. Now, I think, you know, my, my, my qualms about this film were... Do I really need to see 90 minutes of insider Hollywood humor and, and this, this particular frat pack pointing up, pointing up to me constantly that they are who they are, which because everyone keeps calling Jonah Hill, Jonah Hill, hey, Seth Rogen, hey, Jonah Hill, hey, James Franco, hey, Jay Baruchel. Um, is that, you know, is that going to get a little irritating? Is that going to bug me? That was my concern. What did you think, Kristen? Did, did, did this meet, exceed fall below your expectations? What? Well, first I have to ask you, do you ever run in that scene? Do you ever go to Hollywood parties? You're from L.A. Did you end up at a lot of those parties? Mm, I mean, I've ended, I've had like maybe one or two Hollywood, and I'm, even then I'm going to say Hollywood-ish kind of parties. I knew some people who worked in the, in the, the behind the scenes uh, strata of the industry, not, not the in front of the camera uh, uh, layer of celebrity. Um, and, you know, mostly I was just kind of a goofy Hollywood. T- I was in, I was, you know, I was a punk rock goth guy. So I was always going to like freakazoid clubs on the margins of the city where nobody famous was going. So I was in this kind of oddball L.A. So I don't really know. I don't really I didn't run with that crowd. OK. All right. Well, I want to double check with that first. So yeah. because that might change your experience, I think, of the movie. But let's presume that neither of us are friends with these people. We let's. really are just outsiders looking out or looking in or whatever we're doing. Um, and I, I have to say, as an outsider, that actually appealed to me, this idea of all these stars playing uh, versions of themselves. That's the re- reason I wanted to watch it. Like, sure. I, can I use some barnyard language here? Well, or, I mean, go we might for it. Leap it out. So in, in the very raw trailer, the grown-up trailer that was out for this movie, it opens with Mindy Kaling walking into <laughs> James Franco's party, and she just yells at the top of her lungs, if I don't <laughs> Michael Sarah tonight, I'm going <laughs> to blow my brains out and I laugh and laugh and laugh every time I think about that line when I when it was on screen even though I'd seen that trailer 80 times I just laugh and laugh and I thought this is the kind of movie I want to see I want to see all of the stars playing themselves at their worst not the press junket version I want them to be playing we know that we're spoiled rich ridiculous stars living in a bubble so far removed from reality yes that, and so that actually appealed to me and so they do i think do you and that. I, I think you and i are very different that way you were skeptical of that that appealed to me they do they do that a lot there is a lot of this this famously you know i think hollywood loves to flagellate itself in satires you know from the player to Sunset Boulevard. Not that I'm exactly comparing this movie to those, <laughs> but but there is a lot of that humor. Ray you know, Usman says this is the end. It's the <laughs> next Sunset Boulevard. 
but there is a lot of that humor. You know, there, there, there's a, there's one of my favorite lines for some reason is when, is when, you know, Southern California is going up in flames outside and Jonah Hill says, relax, everybody. When there's an earthquake, who do they say first? Actors. <laughs> and there, there's a lot of that kind of humor that I, I thought was funny. I have to say, this movie completely won me over. I had a, I had a really good time in this film. I think partly because, as you're saying, it's your chance to hang out with these guys. And, and you're hanging out with a version of them that you think they are. But you're also hanging out with the version of them that you kind of suspect they are. <laughs> and I think there's a lot of that tension. You know, at the, at the, ver- the, the opening scene, the opening scene of the film is just Seth Rogen's face. He's in an airport line waiting for Jay to get off the plane, just minding his own business. And some voice off screen says, hey, Seth Rogen, what up, man? <laughs> and Seth Rogen has this kind of smile like, mm-hmm, yeah, OK, hi. You know, and, and I feel like that whole weird dynamic, that whole weird dynamic between the star and the fan, you being the fan sitting out in the audience, kind of virtually hanging out with these guys is almost what drives the movie and gives it a little extra edge. And yeah. I thought it was really funny. You know, and also I should say, there's enough, aside from the meta humor, there's enough just actual humor. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's an end of the world. It's, a, it's an apocalypse comedy. There's right. so much to make fun of <laughs> in, during is. the apocalypse. There is. <laughs> and something, just to go back to what you were saying a second ago, that the stars aren't just playing, you know, who they probably are or what, what their persona is, but who we suspect they are. Yes. Like, James Franco, he actually is just like a ridiculous guy who has like really crappy art all over his yes. house who thinks that like, this is so artistic if you believe in it. And Jonah Hill really is just the nicest guy in the whole world. Yeah, He's just like so, so, so nice. And hey, Jay, role. your references are awesome. <laughs> yeah, there, there, there's some funny, there's some funny stuff. I have to say, I, I laughed pretty consistently and pretty heartily throughout yeah. the entire film. I, I really I enjoyed it. it. Oh, the one character, though, that I really loved that he's only in during the beginning of the movie that is not playing who we suspect he is. He's playing counter to everything is... Michael uh, Sarah. Michael Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> Just like... Yeah. High, high on coke and grabbing Rohana's butt. Yeah, yeah. And there's that one scene where somebody opens the door to the bathroom and, oh, my God, what is Michael Sarah doing <laughs> with those right. girls in the bathroom? <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> Not going to ruin it. He's All doing right. something with two girls in the bathroom. <laughs> so good date. Yeah. Good date for us. I really enjoyed it. I laughed and laughed. And you know I like apocalypse movies anyway, but yes. apocalypse movies where it has all these guys in it. Totally enjoyable. Just totally like you. I, I loved this date. Really had a good time on this date. Well, this is the end is is attempting, I think, in some ways to get a jump on the next movie, the big gorilla of the summer, Man of Steel. You let them handcuff you? Wouldn't be much for surrender if I resisted. And if it makes them feel more secure. Then... What's the S stand for? It's not an S. On my world, it means hope. Well, here it's an S. Oh, so manly. This so is steel. this is this is the big movie. Uh, you know, this is the end. Open on Wednesday, so it's got a little two day a two day lead time on Man of Steel. Um, although I I would guess that Man of Steel is going to outperform it <laughs> at the box office. Um, Kristen, do you want to tell us as if we didn't know what Man of Steel? Is about so. There's this guy. His name is Superman. Yes. Yeah. Well, actually, he's he's just. Let me just give a plot summary. We all know what all of this is. He's a little baby. He's living off on Krypton, this other planet with his parents. That planet is already having problems. Yeah. And then 
there are some people who are trying to start a coup against the government, right. some bad guys. Those bad guys are sent off into space as punishment. And little baby Superman, Kal-El, is also sent off by his parents into space, hopefully to land safely on Earth because they know their planet's done for. Right. So this little boy grows up in the middle of Kansas with his family. His parents are played by the wonderful Kevin Costner. And Diane Lane. And Diane Lane, the wonderful Diane Lane. And he's raised as a little Clark Kent who, from a very early age, he realizes he has certain powers. He can yes. see through people. He can hear things that other people can't hear. And Save a drowning school he's, bus. Yeah, he, he's got some some superhuman strength. And so he realizes he's not like the rest of us. His dad tells him, his dad, Kevin Costner, constantly tells him, you can't show off. You have to hide your powers when the world is ready for those powers, then you can reveal them when you're ready to really control those powers. And you have to decide what kind of man you're going to be, mm-hmm. how you're going to use these powers. Yeah. Normally, Superman doesn't have any conflicts. As That's true. The, as, as the comic book nerds like to say, he's like the Boy Scout in blue. Yeah. Yeah. But in this movie, Christopher Nolan's trying to set it up where he has these internal conflicts. Do I show my strength? Do I actually use that strength for something? Do I hide it? Do I try to blend in? And he's struggling with this through his whole life until those guys from the military who tried to start that coup back on Krypton right. come to Earth and they want to get Superman. Right. They want Clark Kent and then a battle has to ensue. Basically forcing Superman out into the open. Yes. Forcing him to show his true his true colors. They totally out him. Right. Yeah. So that's the plot of the movie. What did you think, Rafer? Well, Christopher Nolan wrote the story, helped helped write the story for this. Uh, and David S. Goyer is the screenwriter. Those those two collaborated on all the Dark Knight movies, on the oh, three on the three okay. Batman movies. Zack Snyder, the guy who did Watchmen, Three Hundred, Sucker Punch, he's the director. But I know what you're saying. It feels like a Christopher Nolan movie, right? Yeah, and I, I guess I didn't realize. I mean, Christopher Nolan, he's very, he, he's not afraid of the word dark. No, and I, and I, and I'm, I have to say, I mean, he is one of my all-time favorite filmmakers working right now. Oh, yeah, right you now. love Inception. Love, I love Christopher Nolan, love him. But I do feel like this idea that we have to make Superman brooding and dark, you know, he's conflicted between his biological Kryptonian parents and his adopted Earth parents. He had, you know, he's not, he feels like an alien, like an outcast. Uh, you know, he's not sure of his true identity. I, I just don't know if I need that. I mean... Uh, you just want Superman to be super? Well, I mean, I just feel like that's, you know, Superman is the oldest superhero. He's 75 years old. Everyone, all the other superheroes came along because of Superman. Um, you know, I mean, I'm not a comic book expert, so maybe I'm missing somebody. Maybe I'm missing a Superman precursor, but... He's the oldest Superman, and he's just – he's good. He's the good guy. He's the goodest of the goodest good guys. <laughs> and I kind of feel like, you know, I understand it's post-9-11, and, and the, you know, the world is in trouble. There's, there's, there's stuff going on in Turkey. There's stuff going on in the Middle East that we don't understand. It's, it's, it's a, we're torturing people. We're not sure how we feel about it. It's, it. There's a lot of stuff going on, but I don't necessarily know that that has to be reflected in every superhero. And in some ways, I almost, I almost wish that Superman, kind of like Captain America. Oh my God! I'm glad you brought up Captain right? America because the whole time I was watching this, I thought I just want to go back and watch Captain America. Yes, this right. is what I want my superhero to be. I want him to be fun. 
I want him to be happy. I want him to know what side of justice he stands on, what he's willing to do for the sake of justice. Right. Superman doesn't know that stuff in this movie. <laughs> Superman's like, I don't know what I should do here. Should I do so? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I wonder how what my dad thinks. The or, ha- or that dad. <laughs> he's the, ham- which, the Hamlet superhero. <laughs> Super Hamlet. And he's not fun. And can no, I just say it's something? No, it's not fun. The movie is not fun. And I have to point out something that you were just talking about on the takeaway that I totally felt as well. Not enough real romance between him and Lois Lane. Pretty what? much zero. Like, Pretty what, much zero what, romance. What the heck's going on with these two? Right. Uh, and we should say Amy, uh, uh, Amy Adams playing Lois Lane. Um, and you know who I think is initially I thought, oh, a, a great casting choice. Amy Adams for Lois Lane. I love the idea. I think she does a good job with what she's given, but I don't think she's given that much. And I think the Lois Lane character is, is I'm not sure if it's sort of an, if they're overcompensating in, in some kind of a feminist way be, that they wanted to make her less of a damsel in distress and even more of a, of a you know, individual empowered female reporter. She's a Pulitzer Prize winner. She's traveled she all over us. the world chasing down her stories. It doesn't matter if it's Antarctica or if it's the middle of the dangerous city. She has gone everywhere for her job. And, what can I say? Yeah. I get restless when I'm not wearing a flak jacket. <laughs> That's that's her that's her take home quote. Um, you sound just like Amy Adams. <laughs> I do, don't I? You sound just like Amy Adams. Um, well, you know, and I, but I, sort of disappointingly, she and Superman. There, there's no meet cute, and they just kind of meet, and then she mostly regards Superman as a source. She treats him essentially the way that you know, like a Wall Street Journal reporter would treat her source, and I, I just felt like. Where's the, you know, again, I, I'm, I'm old, so I'm going to go back to Christopher Reeve and Margot Kidder, but where's the banter? Where's the fun? Where, where's the can you read my mind moment? Yes. Can you read my mind? <laughs> exactly. Do you know what I'm thinking of? Right. I don't know. I don't care what you're thinking of. That's what he's saying, and that's what she's saying with how they're looking at each other in this movie. Yeah. Well, one question. Henry Cavill, British, sort of at initially a big bone of contention, I think, for Superman fans that that we would make you know because he's the most all-american he's the all-american superhero you know did we did we did we put an american as your james bond no why (laughs) why are you putting a a brit as our as our superman what did you think of him did you did you like him did you think he worked you know i just i i i got varied there was a blurry line here between how his character was written and how he acted it out i mean i think he's a Mm. perfectly good actor i think he did the best he could with what he had Mm -hmm. I think he fits the suit, and I don't mean that in a derogatory way. I mean he thinks he, you know, he looks good in that suit. He's handsome. He's he he's has shaped soul. Like a triangle. He's shaped like a triangle. He sure is. <laughs> he, um, you know, he. I, th- I do think that he has a certain soulfulness and a kind of kind of a sensitivity that's appealing. Um, but yeah, you know, maybe we've come full circle. Uh, maybe we've come full circle from the point where we were we wanted all this conflict in our superheroes because 9/11 was so fresh I you know I, I just go back to 9/11 because it's such an obvious touchstone for for the way the world kind of was rocked all of a sudden and, and changed but maybe we are ready again or at least I'm ready again for the light fluffy you know all american no conflict superhero <laughs> maybe maybe I'm back to wanting that again I you know I don't know but Ultimately, I gave this two and a half out of star fours. Uh, excuse me. I gave this two and a half out of four stars in Newsday because I just felt like, you know, it does the job. It's entertaining enough, but it's 
it's slow, it's serious, and there's just not a lot of joy to it. And um, and I, now I feel like Superman just looks like all the other superheroes I know. And I want Superman to be special. Yeah, I want Superman to be special too. I love Superman. Uh, yeah. The first Superman movie is one of the first movies I saw in the theater. I love yeah. the original Superman. Um I thought it was a pretty bad date, actually. Oh, pretty a bad yeah, date. Oh, pretty really? Bad. Oh. I, and, and if I haven't already said it, I'll say it. I, I might be repeating myself. It was like two and a half hours long. Yeah, yeah. It's way too long. It's, it's way, way too long. Too long. Too long and too slow. Too slow and not fun enough. So bad date for me. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, there All we go. Right. I was kinder to it than than you were. Surprise. Yeah. Oh, I'm not surprised by that. Oh. You're always kinder to superheroes than I am, yeah, Ray. For maybe you're I a am kinder to them. All mm-hmm. right. Let, let, let's do trivia. Okay. All right, so let's remind everybody of last week's trivia question. Last week, we talked about the movie The Internship, which uh, takes place entirely at the Google headquarters in California, and Google becomes, in a way, a character in the movie. Yes. But, But this isn't the first time that a real company has had a starring role in a movie. And you and I were thinking of one movie and one company. We only gave you one hint, 21 mailbags. And here is the correct answer. Hi, this is Dorothy calling from Water Valley, Mississippi. The 21 mailbags gave it away for me. I think it's Miracle on 34th Street, and it's Macy's department store, and it's all those letters that come in in the mailbags addressed to Santa Claus. Thanks so much for your show. Bye. Dorothy, wow. Awesome. That's great. And you know what I have to point out? I'm always amazed when this happened. Dorothy called like an hour after we posted the podcast oh, is last that right? Friday. She's, she was snappy. She got that right away. So great work, Dorothy. Thank you so much for calling in. All and- right. The early bird. The early bird, Dorothy. <laughs> uh, okay. So this week's trivia, um, we're talking about uh, stars who play themselves on film. Not a new thing. It's been done. And we're not just talking about cameos. We're talking about stars who play, who play a major role as themselves in a film Here's a clip. Name the star. Name the film. Burn this. I'm sorry? This must never be seen by anyone. If you didn't like all those close-ups, we can... We can no, this is not the final cut. There's no doubt we, we can... All we, copies. Destroy them. Mm, mysterious. What do you think about that? Oh. If you know, if you know, listeners, give us a call, 5717-MOVIES. Or log on to Facebook.com slash Movie Date Podcast. I am, I am, I am Superman. 